Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love Mysterious Old Time Radio Stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. Tonight, we're recording live at the Open Eye Figure Theater in Minneapolis with an elite audience of local Patreon supporters. We're also joined by theatrical luminary and featured member of the Morals Performance Group, Miss Shannon Custer. Hi. Ah. <laughs> uh. Now, uh, when Tim asked me what we should listen to for our first live recording, my immediate response was, "Ooh, what about that super creepy episode of Suspense? Never follow a banjo act." starring Ethel Merman as a fictionalized version of herself with a cameo appearance by Paul Fries as a sexy cowboy. To which he replied, Sold! As usual, I was not consulted. <laughs> Suspense aired on CBS Radio from 1942 to 1962, producing 947 episodes in total, most of which still exist today. Hailed as radio's outstanding theater of thrills, suspense specialized in edge-of-your-seat thrillers, some written especially for radio, others adapted from contemporary and classic literature. Never Follow a Banjo Act stars the first lady of musical comedy theater, Ethel Merman. Her powerful voice and crystal-clear enunciations made her a favorite with songwriters like George and Ira Gershwin, Irving Berlin, and Cole Porter. Merman's most iconic role was Rose, mother to Gypsy Rose Lee in Jules Stein and Stephen Sondheim's Gypsy. But her 60-year career included award-winning work in records, film, radio, and television. And Shannon, you forgot to mention my favorite Ethel Merman role of all time, Lieutenant Hurwit in the 1980 disaster film parody Airplane. <laughs> I won't ruin the joke, but trust me, it's hilarious. Actually, don't trust me. Pause the podcast right now. <laughs> Go watch Airplane. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Never Follow a Banjo Act was written by James Poe, a frequent scriptwriter for both Escape and Suspense. In addition to original plays like Never Follow a Banjo Act, Poe was known for his literary adaptations, including Escape's most famous play, Three Skeleton Key. As television began to overshadow dramatic radio, Poe transitioned to film. He won an Academy Award for his contributions to the script for Around the World in 80 Days and was nominated three more times for Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, Lilies of the Field, and They Shoot Horses, Don't They? And now let's listen to Never Follow a Banjo Act from Suspense. First aired February 4th, 1954. It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sounds coming from the speaker. Listen to the music, and listen to the voices. Autolite and its 98,000 dealers bring you Miss Ethel Merman in tonight's presentation of Suspense. Tonight, 
Autolite presents the story of a good-humored lady with a big voice and a soft-spoken boy with a very sharp knife. The story is called Never Follow a Banjo Act. Our star, the queen of musical comedy, Miss Ethel Merman. This is Harlow Wilcox with $100,000 news. You may get your own church, hospital, or other community or national charity a big share of that sum. There's nothing to do except write your name and address on a registration form at any Autolite family car dealer showroom. If you're one of 25 persons selected, you will name your favorite recognized charity or charities to share in this $100,000 Autolite family gift. Now, it is my privilege to introduce Mr. Basil O'Connor, National Chairman of the March of Dimes. Thank you. I'm sure everybody in America will open his heart to this most generous offer. Of course, those selected can give to church, hospital, or any other recognized charity. But I, for one, am hoping a big share goes to my favorite charity, the March of Dimes, whose crucial campaign is underway. But for that once-in-a-lifetime thrill, to be able to give thousands of dollars to the March of Dimes or any other charity... Be sure to register with your local Autolite family car dealer tomorrow. Thank you, Mr. O'Connor. Friends, visit your DeSoto, Hudson, Plymouth, Studebaker, Dodge, Willis, Nash, Packard, Kaiser, or Chrysler dealer. Help your favorite charity share in $100,000. And now, Autolite presents transcribed Never Follow a Banjo Act, starring Miss Ethel Merman, hoping once again to keep you in suspense. A Nero, Apollo, the Wizard of Oz. You've a kingdom, power and glory. The old, old, oldest of stories is new, true. You built your Rome in just one day. Life is mystic, a midsummer's night. We live in a Turkish delight. You're in heaven. It's well when you're really in love. It's well when you're really in Take one more bow, Rosie. Yeah. Oh, man. She really does come on, that girl. Well, ladies and gentlemen, oh, you lovely uptown types. You came, you saw, and you heard. The one and only, the immortal Rosie Jones. Ride of 52nd Street in the Club Nightshade. Hey, sing well and dolly's baby. And now we bring you Chico and his Mambo Rascal. Get it, boys. Sing melancholy, baby. Hey, no, doll, no. No what? Don't unhook. You got company coming back. Listen, Benny, if I told you once, I've told you a million times... Yeah, but this is different, doll. Oh, this is different. Yeah, it's always different. Come on, come on, fix your hair. May I come in? It's open. I can't stop you. My name is Cram, Rosie. Ray Cram. I'd like to talk to you. Ray Cram, huh? 
Beat it, mister. I don't think you got the name right, or maybe you never heard of me. Every guy who wants to make a big impression back here claims he either is or is representing a big agent. Doll, this is Ray Cram. I assure you, Miss Jones, this is Mr. Cram. And who, my dear, are you? I'm Johnson, assistant to Mr. Cram. Tell you what, Mr. Cram. Show me your driver's license. Oh. There you are. Oh, have a chair. Call me Ray. You know, I've been an admirer of yours for many years, Rosie. Many, many years. You can skip the many years stuff. I guess we all know how long I've been around. Sorry, Rosie. Well, for some time, I've been casting about in my mind, speculating as to how your mature talents could best be utilized. Benny. Listen to Mr. Cram, doll. Benny, if this is a rib, so help me, I'll kill you. Go on, Mr. Cram. Last night, it came to me. I know. You want me to replace Marilyn Monroe. Rosie, you're a sensitive, insecure girl because somehow these last few years have passed you by. But I want you to shut up and listen. All right. But so help me, if this is a rib... Shut up. You know I'm representing Terry Dane. And you know who he is and you know what I got. Right? No cracks. Right? Right, right, right. The hottest thing since Frankie was first discovered. That's it. We've had new ones and new ones. They come, they go. But this Terry Dane's a million dollars a year gross. With tousled hair. Face you'd like to put in your lap and hug and kiss. And a voice like... Well, the answer to a maiden's prayer. Personally, I go for men. But what's the pitch? She goes for men. Great little kidder, huh? <laughs> Listen, Rosie, ask me what's the pitch, I'll tell you. We're opening Terry at the new cactus retreat in Vegas two weeks from Saturday. He gets 25 G's a week. I read it in Billboard. Big deal. We need somebody to work with him, Rosie. Somebody who's got the experience and the talent and the voice you could lay bricks on. Somebody who can really go along with him. It is a rib. Will you shut up? So may my mother be struck dead if I should say one word that isn't the truth and sincere from the heart. Go on. Benny's paying you two seventy-five, Rosie. I want to buy a contract from him. I'll give you an even grand legitimate expenses plus transportation. You like? To work with Terry Dane. Four weeks guaranteed, maybe a bonus. Who knows? Benny. I seen the contract, Rosie. And um you? I assure you, Miss Jerry. I'll give you ten seconds to give me a firm answer. Say yes, we finalize it here and now. Uh, you don't mind if I seem a bit in the dark? That's nine seconds. What happened to that big My Darling Died campaign your office was spreading? When you had him singing, uh, I'll Never Smile Again and so forth over the cute little girl who was killed in that accident. Constance Green? Boy got over it. So why don't you get him another young thing, like she was? Never follow a banjo act with a banjo act, Rosie. Old show business model. Gee, she was cute. And that accident, what was it? She fell through a shower door or something, bled to death. Five seconds. Four, three, two. I'll take it. That's my girl, Rosie. Now, while you're signing these, gentlemen, if you'll just leave us alone for a minute. Sure thing, Mr. Cramp. Now, the pen just, uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Standard form? No riders? No riders, Rosie. But there's one thing I want to make clear right from the outset, so there's no misunderstandings later. Why, Mr. Cram? I'm serious, dear. About Terry. Keep away from him. Okay. I mean away, dear. He's a moody kid, terribly shy. Remember what I said before about liking men? Yeah, and that's what I call being mature. He's just a boy. You got no interest, you'll develop none, you'll keep clear, clean, and away. Is that right? Right. Oh, um, I'll make it look good on stage, Ray, but after hours... Uh, after hours, I'm going hunting for one of those uh, Nevada cowpokes. 
<laughs> Terry Dane. <laughs> Me and Terry Dane. It was a good arrangement, Terry. Go on. They're cueing your solo. Uh, who cares about solos? I like duets. I like doing it with you, honey. You're a passionate one, you are. So get on with you and passionize that mob, Terry. They're calling for an encore, sugar. An encore of you, my boy. Of you. They like you. Love you. Every last dame in the place. So get out there. Yes. They love me. It's true. Every last one of them out there. Everybody seems to. I don't intend to try to explain it. It's just a thing that happens to women when I sing. That's right. That's right. Now sing for them. That's the boy. But it, it, somehow it, it just doesn't seem to happen to you, Rosie. Now, why would that be? Why would that be? After your turn in the last show. Yeah? Terry was whispering to you. What about? Oh, he wants me to join his fan club. Something I don't know. And what else? Nothing else. Sure? Hey, look, what is this anyway? Nothing there. Keep up the good work. And keep on keeping away from Terry. That's right, dear. A pleasure. Bye now. Toodaloo. Uh, Miss Jones, ma'am? Why, hello, Texas. Oh, my name ain't Texas, ma'am. It's Earl. Earl White. Earl. But that's such a short name for such a long man. <laughs> I just wanted to tell you how much I liked your singing, Miss Jones. Really? Oh, you're not just saying that. Oh, no, ma'am. You're one in a million, Earl. Yes, I'm... Blurt it out, Earl. Well, I'd sincerely like to buy you a drink, Miss Jones. Well, let's saddle up, Pod, and get with it. You know, it's a right smart stretch since I've seen the sunrise, Earl. Finest time of the day, Miss Rosie. And look at those mountains, all purpley and gold. Yeah, a man could look at those mountains for quite a spell. Here's my bungalow, Earl, so I guess I'll be saying good night. Or is it good morning? Don't rightly know which to say, ma'am. Let's uh, just make it so long. Till later. We still got that riding date? Yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, ma'am. So long, partner. Bye. <laughs> Hey, Dream Boy. What do you think you're doing in my bungalow? Dream Boy. Terry. Oh, come on, Terry. Time to go home to your Betty Bye. 
Gotta look good tonight, Pally. Yes, indeedy. So come on. Stand up. Hey, you're gonna cut yourself playing with that butcher knife. Put it away. You're like Connie. Connie? You're like Connie. And like that other one when I was little. Connie? Oh, you mean Constance Green, that little girl who used to sing with you. The one who died? Connie was like you. Oh, we're not in the least. Connie didn't like me. Yeah, don't, don't snap that so close to me. Don't. Connie didn't like me. You don't like me. Everybody likes you, Terry. You don't. Yes, I do. I do. Why? Because when you sing, when you sing, it, it does something to me way inside. Does it? Yeah, it makes a lump in my throat, and I, I just want to swoon. You don't mean it. I do. I do. I've, I've never heard anything like you, Terry, and your hair. Oh, I love your hair. I just want to, to tousle it. Do that. Do what? What you said. Huh? Well, don't you remember? Oh, that knife. It's, it's making me nervous. You don't like me. You do what I said. Oh, oh, oh. Put down the knife and I will. All right. Like this? Yes. Do you like to do that? Oh, oh, yes. I, I love to tousle your hair, Terry. You do? Yes, you do, don't you? I can tell. Yes, Terry. I'll bet you'd like to kiss my eyes now, Connie. Oh, yes. Yes. Towels on your hair and kiss your eyes. Yes. But I won't let you. It's time I went back to my bungalow. Oh. All right, honey, if you insist. When I saw you lying there, all in blood, I knew you finally loved me and it was right. And it was right. Yes, yes. Yes. Well, um, I'll see you tonight, darling. It's mean making you wait. Yes. 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 Miss Ethel Merman in Never Follow a Banjo Act. Tonight's presentation in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Hi, Harlow. Well, hello, Bob. Hey, got new Plymouth, eh? Yes, sir, and what a car. Just like they say, under the beauty, there's solid value. Say, uh, you know, we're saluting Plymouth tonight on suspense as a distinguished member of the Autolite family. Plymouth's a distinguished member of my family, too, Harlow. The kids love its looks, my wife loves the comfort, and I really go for the economy. And we all go for a drive every time we can. Because with Plymouth, driving is the real pleasure it should be. Yeah, and hey, talking about drives, you get a choice of three, don't you, Bob? Yes, you do, Harlow. Synchro silent, or if you wish, automatic overdrive, or no shift high drive. They're all available on this great new Plymouth. And of course, you know, Harlow, four is Autolite equipped. I sure do, Bob. 
You're justly proud of your new Plymouth. And Autolite is also proud of its long association with Plymouth and Plymouth dealers everywhere. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Miss Ethel Merman in Elliot Lewis's production of Never Follow a Banjo Act. A tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Miss Jones. Well, let me in. How's that? It's me, me, Ray. Come out here. I've got to see you. Well, what are you doing up this time of day, dear? What's the problem, Rosie? It's your boy, your client, your tousle-headed million-dollar gross. (laughs) Terry? Yeah. What's the rascal up to this morning? Murder. Very funny. Uh, Come on, Rosie. What's going on? You mean you don't know? Oh, no what? No jokes, Rosie. What's this about Terry? In words of one syllable, Ray, that boy is a nut. He was in my bedroom just now with a knife, this long, suggesting that I should maybe flip every time he opens his mouth. I tell you, he scared the living daylights out of me. This is serious. You bet it is. He darn near cut my throat. No, because he said I didn't like him. Didn't like him? Yeah. And you know what you said about the old show business motto, never follow a banjo act with a banjo act? Yeah. Well, Ray Cram, you've done it. He's got me all mixed up with her and something about lying in a pool of blood and... Oh, this isn't for a baby. To that boy, I'm another banjo act. Well, well. What should we do? Call the police. Let them handle it. We can't very well do that, can we? Why not? The kid's sick. He's insane. He can do anything. Aren't you exaggerating a bit? No. Think now, dear. Don't you think it might have been just a little joke, huh? Ray, nobody makes jokes like that. Sure they do. Don't they, Johnson? Yes, Mr. Cram. Uh... Quite often. So, why don't we forget about this, huh, Rosie? Forget about it? Yeah, forget about it. Hey, now. You're getting a grand a week, dear. Top publicity, a swell time. So, why don't you relax, hmm? I'll have a little talk with Terry. There'll be no more jokes, I promise. Okay? You know. Know what? The kid's maybe a little loopy. You know. You know about him and that little knife of his. Don't raise your voice. And maybe you know how that other girl, that Connie, died. She fell through a shower door. I read about it. She was cut up pretty bad, wasn't she? Johnson. Uh, Yes, Mr. Cram. Give me a drink. Yes, Mr. Cram. You want a drink, Rosie? At six o'clock in the morning? What I want is a good explanation. And after that, I want to use your phone. Now listen, Rosie, and listen good. You've been around a long time, dear, and you know what can sometimes happen to a Weisenheimer who goes popping off when it's uncalled for. But this is called for. That kid belongs in an asylum or someplace. That kid represents a million-dollar gross. Of which you get 10%. Of which I get a whole lot less than that. He's divided up a half a dozen ways, Rosie. Some of the holders are very influential parties. One of the parties in particular wouldn't like it if anything happened to make the money stop coming in. That party's name's a secret. But I'm going to tell it to you, Rosie, because you've been around and you'll appreciate this. Who? The syndicate. So explain. They're human beings, sort of. Tell them the truth. Tell them they bought in on something bad, just like you. You don't understand. I sold them their piece. Me, Ray Cram. 
You're in trouble. Not unless you talk, and if you do, you're in trouble, too. Here's a drink, Mr. Cram. Ah, you put ice in it. I'm sorry, Mr. Cram. Ice hurts my caps. So sorry, Mr. Cram. Go on, fix it. Uh, Yes, Mr. Cram. How do you mean, I'll be in trouble, too? The syndicate. I'd be forced to tell them who blew the whistle on their golden goose. And then, well, you know. Oh. So, take the realistic view, huh, dear? We'll protect you. We'll keep Terry away from you. You've got nothing to worry about. Nothing to worry about? Now I'm real reassured. Look, Ray, couldn't I just uh, slip out of town? No. I saw the boys after the show. They liked you. You stay. That's the word from the boys. You know, this is kind of a hysterical situation. Yeah, you are, Mr. Graham. Caps. They cost me 3500 All they do is ache. I wish I were dead. And, uh... Dear. Yes, dear. You're singing good on your solo, but don't sing too good on your duet. Don't take away from the boy. No, no. That's it, dear. Bye now.
moment you've all been waiting for. Ladies and gentlemen, Carrie Dane. Hello, baby. Hi, folks. Isn't she great? Isn't he great? Carrie? Yeah, doll? What are you thinking about, Terry? All things. What kind of things, Terry? Moon, June, spoon, uh, tune. Got a tune? Oh, I got a tune. Good little tune? Happy little tune. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I like a happy little tune. Is there a boy in it? No, just a girl. Uh, what kind of a girl? A very quiet girl. And she was right. Right and dead and red as red can be. Oh, what are you going to sing, Terry? She was red. It was all red. Get hold of yourself. Why, they whispering. Sing. Don't they like me? Sing. I'll make them like me. Make you like me, Connie. And now that we've done our little crazy bit, folks... We're going to carry on in the... Never smile. Look out! He's got a knife! Hey, watch out! Get out there, sing something. Oh, I'm dead. I'm ruined. Yeah, I, I got his arm. Keep holding. It's no business like show business, like no business I know. Yes, sir, but it's all right, folks. Just one of those little things. And so, let's go on with the show. Consign, if I can figure what makes a fella like that tick. I think I'll play the black tonight. He went just plumb loco, didn't he? Took six men to get him into that there special airplane. <laughs> a swan flying a man to the bug house. Too many banjos. That's all, partner. Too many banjos. I beg your pardon, ma'am, but I don't rightly follow you. Let it pass, handsome. Let it pass. Suspense. Presented by Autolite. Tonight's star, Miss Ethel Merman. Friends, sign up tomorrow for the big Autolite family charity drawing. If you are 18 years or older, you can be one of 25 persons selected to pick your favorite charity or charities to share in $100,000. As March of Dimes chairman Basil O'Connor said earlier, for that once-in-a-lifetime thrill to be able to give thousands of dollars to the March of Dimes or any other recognized charity, be sure to register with your local Autolite family card dealer tomorrow. Just fill out a registration form and have the dealer sign it. There's nothing to buy, nothing to write except your name and address. But you may help your church, hospital, or other favorite recognized charity share in $100,000. So visit any DeSoto, Hudson, Plymouth, Studebaker, Dodge, Willis, Nash, Packard, Kaiser, or Chrysler dealer tomorrow. Next week, a true story. The report of two murders and the heroic man responsible for these necessary atrocities. 
It's called Death at Scrankaroot Pond. Our star, Mr. Jeff Chandler. That's next week on Suspense. Suspense is transcribed and directed by Elliot Lewis. With music composed by Lucian Morrowick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Never Follow a Banjo Act was written for Suspense by James Poe. The duo pianists were Walter Gross and Vic Piamonti. In tonight's story, Shepard Mankin was heard as Terry with Joseph Kearns as Cram. Featured in the cast were Jerry Hausner, Ben Wright, Paul Fries, and Jess Kirkpatrick. This is the CBS Radio Network. That was Never Follow a Banjo Act from Suspense here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And that is... Shannon. Shannon Custer joining us for this (laughs) live podcast uh, here from Open Eye Theater in Minneapolis. For starters, it's such an unfortunate name because I get the giggles every time someone says Ray Cram. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it makes me giggle. It's an unfortunate name. I know name. exactly why. <laughs> and they missed the opportunity to say Scram Cram. But oh, they could have rhymed a lot of things with Cram. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, that rhymes. Ah, see what I did there. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you made me listen to this. Tell me why. <laughs> Because I think it's a really fascinating episode of Suspense. It is one of my favorites, just because of how it combines so many different elements, from comedic elements to a truly harrowing scene when the young Frank Sinatra stand-in, it clearly is, Yes, comes very close to assaulting her in that bungalow, and Mm -hmm. it is played with such naturalism and such Mm -hmm. a high level of discomfort, and then it's back to the, literally and figuratively, the show must go on. To me, there are all sorts of very fascinating layers to this that we will either get into, or Eric will just say, it was stupid, and we'll be done. (laughs) I don't think it was stupid. I will say this, uh, I much prefer Ethel Merman as an actor. I thought her performance was great. I didn't know she was that well, good see, of an that's actor. That's interesting because it's like a burlesque act on the radio. Like right. I just like I get that she's the brassy heroine. Yeah. She's the mature talent. This is what <laughs> happens if you live to be past thirty-five and be an actor. You know, I think, take care of this guy. He might be crazy. You know, I think all of that's true. I think I'm more focused on the moment when she was approached by Terry. Mm-hmm. And in the bungalow, you in the bungalow, the bungalow scene, I yeah. thought that scene in the bungalow, and then afterwards when she went and said, "Hey, this guy's nuts," I thought that was a really good performance. Yes, absolutely. That is where she sort of the rest of it was the, all brassy yeah. Mae West. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I get it. It was all very over the top. As someone who's spent twenty five years with theater people, that is what intrigued <laughs> me because I hate to break it to you guys, but like you hang out with a bunch of theater guys and they're on like that. No, you very sit true. In real very life, true. they are putting everything out there, and that's what mm-hmm. I thought was fascinating about this to go from she's doing gags and Mm -hmm. zingy lines back and forth with the uh, potential producer and then (laughs) we see her actually have to be a human being in a couple other scenes. And then as soon as she's safe and clear, she's got herself a cowboy. (laughs) (laughs) Really? She's going right off into the sunset. Yeah, we are kind of blown by this this scene before the bungalow of sexy Ethel Merman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that she was, that was good. That was an erotic moment of <laughs> Ethel Merman, which I was not expecting. 
<laughs> but I absolutely agree. I think it's it's her the only way she can keep her job too. You know, you mm-hmm. see that he's being such a jerk, the producer, and she's just like, "Hey, here's another pun. Here's another one." <laughs> you know that that aspect of her personality is what saves her life in the bungalow. Yeah, because she's like, "I like you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, she's terrified, but I mean, if you mm-hmm. saw it playing out and she just keeps placating and placating and placating. And at the end, I'd love to see it on the, on the script because it's just yes. She just keeps saying yeah. yes mm-hmm. over and over. And I think one of those yeses is <laughs> I have to say yes or I lose my job. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, well, her life. My life. Covered in blood and she like, yes. okay, that's covered in blood, <laughs> so uh, I know where we are now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a dangerous Ugh. improv game of yes yeah. and. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, don't. Yeah. <laughs> Is that's... kissing eyes a thing? Kissing eyes? Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't figure out if they were open or not, for starters. <laughs> Like yeah, uh, you don't like French kiss eyes. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> no. these are the questions I'm asking. I don't know what people are you into. Don't do it more than once, at least. <laughs> right. Without being told. That. Maybe. <laughs> the the verb of tousling was like, why are you saying it like that? There's more of the Sinatra stuff because tousled hair was a Sinatra thing, and this idea uh, of yeah. the infantilized man boy who young women found attractive was which all which was one of the worst DC Sinatra. comic book heroes ever. <laughs> Iron diapers. (laughs) (laughs) There's that weird description, though, where uh, they're talking about him and how women just want to, you know, put his head in their lap and hug and kiss him. And I'm like, how do you do that at the same time? (laughs) Same way you kiss their eyes. (laughs) (laughs) I want to shower you with uncomfortable affection. (laughs) This is physically difficult. (laughs) I like, too, that she is made very vulnerable that, I mean, I'm making jokes about her job security, but yes, she's definitely fighting for her life, but also that she's referred to as this mature talent, and I like that this shows her, she's having the best life ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's got a gig in D.C., she's got a really hot cowboy, you know, so there's these two different ways that she's painted, that we see her as herself, and then we see the way that the machine describes mm-hmm. her, you know, yeah. so I did enjoy that. On that same general idea, part of what's so disturbing about the bungalow scene is because we see her potential as such a strong character, and she's funny, and she's talented, and to see her have to placate, as you said, uh, yeah. the young star, is just horrible to listen to. And so I, I said, I hey, let's listen back. to Eric, it in right. front of a live audience and yeah, make it yeah. even worse. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. I just heard something. Can you say it again, please? I said, Eric, you're, I, I was... I, say I, it. I, Eric, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> now go on. No, just about her performance, because I think, I think what Joshua did, and my face feels hot, because I'm like, right, theater people, we suck. <laughs> you know, we are I, the worst. We are just I didn't want to like, just hey, say hey, that, but... You know, but there is that. And, and she is so completely recognizable, and I think that that's part of it, too. I mean, it's not solely... Theatrical, it's just the most ridiculous with theater <laughs> yes. of that sense of like, well, suck it up. Well, you know, do the thing you got to do because. Yeah. The show, well, what does she sing? The show yeah. must go on. I thought that was pretty <laughs> on the nose. What she did sing was Zing with the Strings of My Heart for 47 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea that song was that long. And every five, it's like, and it's over. Nope, there's another verse to that. Okay, keep it going. But again, that's her live, though. Well, that's riveting. 
I mean, it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in a suspense episode. I'm yeah, sure if yeah. I paid my money to go well, see the, it. Based on the, you know, the zippy rhythm of that, when he was breaking down and like, I'm going to sing a song about a girl who's red. And I, is he going to have the same sort of zippy song of like, girl who's red? La, 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 la. <laughs> Wish. Yeah. I was trying to think, do I know a song like that? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> that the, I would have liked. The 47 minutes of Zing went the strings <laughs> of my heart really sets up uh, him falling apart. If we had what gone right to her finishing the last line yeah. of a song and then he had snapped, we wouldn't get this sense True. that like he's snapping in the middle of yes. a concert. Yeah. And there is a huge audience there. It, it serves, I think, a really strong purpose and makes that moment more terrifying on stage. I agree. I think there's also something to this. We have Ethel Merman. They oh, expect yeah. her to sing. She's going to get a whole song in, and we're going to do that. And oh, yeah, the writers... Two, two pages you don't have to write, buddy. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm the writers that. We, oh, here, look. Between Harlow being in love with this Plymouth, the openings, the closes, and Ethel Merman's songs, uh, they had to write 12 minutes a show. Well, it's like when the musical guest is also the host on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> right. <you know>? <laughs> they covered it all. It could well be, too, that that song was originally a very slow ballad. That, that's like, this is taking forever. Pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to hear the Jackie Gleason version yeah. of Zing with the Strings of My Heart. <laughs> If you don't know, listen to some Jackie Gleason uh, composed music. All he does is take every song and slow it down, like, so slow. That's what his albums are. 1,000 strings. (laughs) You'll never hear Jingle Bells slower. (laughs) It's awesome, but... Here's the deal. Every time I hear or see Ethel Merman sing, I always pick... The piano player is always... In her songs is the guy from um, Reefer Madness. Sing <laughs> 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 with the strings of my heart. He's over there. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? There are songs she does, like that's the guy playing the piano. Ah, I love you, Ethel. <laughs> Now I want to listen to it again. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> we got we got places to be. Any other thoughts on this? Well, one of the things that I really liked about this was the fact that they introduced the Paul Freeze sexy cowboy <laughs> character, right? Who I just love to death because the first time I heard this, I went, oh, "Okay, yep, he's being introduced because, of course." she will need someone to save her later, yeah. right? And and yeah. so he's just her piece on the side, right? Yeah. Like, and That's that his... is very rare for old-time right. Long radio. Cowboy Friday, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are a lot of shows that just have a, a female love interest who adds nothing to the story and is just right. there for the male hero, and this is one of the rare moments where those roles are swapped. And the other thing that's very interesting to me about this is that nothing she does actually stops this killer, right? She is thwarted in her attempts. Uh, Mm -hmm. She goes to the producer. He tells her about the mob. We can't do anything. The show must go on. Mm -hmm. And the solution comes because the the singer just collapses under the weight of his own madness. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's interesting that what she does is merely be strong and persist. Mm -hmm. That is how she survives this experience, which I think is... Another thing that is very different from other suspense scripts. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a conflict against him, and it's just enduring the system and then living a good life. Yeah. 
and that still happens. <laughs> That's such an interesting thing. You say it would have been shocking if she had been killed. And yet, if you put the first five beats of this story, you're like, oh, that's what happens. She, from the very beginning, was so just constantly dealing with monsters, and then a real mm-hmm. monster showed up. You know, and then yeah. she was like, you're nothing like my agent. <laughs> well, it's, you're, you're tonight's problem. Yeah, you're tonight's problem. And then the next day, she's like, clang, clang, clang with that cowboy. I have to talk to a guy named Ray Cram every day. You're nothing. Elliot Lewis directed this, and he also directed the next episode we're going to listen to. Uh, mm-hmm. But he, the one great director moment he has is when we follow Rosie off stage at the beginning and the MC's voice fades and we hear the audience cry and we hear her footsteps and she goes into her dressing room Mm -hmm. culminating in the great line of don't unhook. (laughs) Yeah. And also you, you learn very quickly that Ethel Merman, even when she hums, it is full voice. Like, yeah, I mean, what do they say her voice you can lay bricks on or something and it's just like that is something else I thought was so amazing that there was just never except for the the moment in the bungalow when she's saying yes yes and we see that but she is just moving forward the whole time Ethel Merman worst apartment neighbor ever (laughs) (laughs) we did not mention my, my favorite Ethel Merman role from it's a mad 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 world did you get the mads right I think so there's eight I, think it's I, I wouldn't know. She's also in that Rankin and Bass thing. Oh, I can't she stop is. thinking about the Rudolph and Frosty's Christmas in July, it, which the is weirdest. the most wow. crazy. Oh, so. I mean, more than a usual Rankin and Bass fever dream. This is. Oh, it's so, it is so weird. So weird. And she's unbelievable. You got to watch that. It makes it sound like she's this great character actor. She just disappears into the roles. No, like. no, she's <laughs> Ethel Marmot. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Picture uh, Heat Miser. Heat Miser. Imagine the Heat Miser, but it's Ethel Merman's voice. Mm. It's pretty much what it looks like. I'm Mr. Heat Miser. (laughs) (laughs) You waited till now to let us know you do a hell of an Ethel Merman? (laughs) What? Why? No! (laughs) You You have to do all of your comments as Ethel Merman. Go back. Do a Let's comment. Go back. Let's do, go, go back. Do, go, go no. one, do one comment to Ethel Merman. Uh, what did I say? Hey, you, something about the sexy cowboy. Go. <laughs> and then there was the long, sexy cowboy. No, I can't. <laughs> no. All right, I put I'm you doing on the a service to Ethel Merman. Yeah. <laughs> that cowboy did too. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he did. Well, yes, he did. Is it good morning or good night? <laughs> I don't know. Should we vote on this? Yeah, sure. Uh, oh, oh, well, first oh, I got right. a new idea. Let's a new idea. <laughs> Let's, uh, by round of applause, get our oh. audience's oh, yes. vote before we vote. Yes. Uh, give Can we a- put a little house lights yes. so I know who to be mad at? <laughs> <laughs> Thank so you. So if you think this is a classic of old-time radio, applaud. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> he even started with a slow clap. He was not convinced. It was great. That was a beautiful moment of if, social If you think concert. this stands the test of time, uh, how about a round of applause? Boy, Ethel Merman's going to be so hurt. <laughs> the agent stuff stands the test of time. If you think it's of historical interest, applaud. <laughs> mm, there we go. All right. 
And our final category is if you think it is never worth revisiting on even your worst enemy. Oh, oh, oh. oh wow. All right. Uh, historically and to be clear, that's your one. favorite. That yeah. was your Not favorite. my very favorite. One of my favorites. Oh, one of your favorites. Okay. You start then. I think this stands the test of time for sure just because of how it depicts the show business world, which really has not changed much <laughs> at all. Here, watch this lunatic. And it's like one of those rare times where you go back in time and, and they take the mask off and say, yeah, this is the way it is. And I think very clearly the way it is written they are commenting on it. They aren't just uh, describing it with a shrug. Yeah. They're saying this is kind of the ugliness and the predicament performers can find themselves in. And I think that's really fascinating. So I definitely think it stands the test of time and is historically interesting. And I like Ethel Merman. I will listen to 47 minutes of Ethel Merman. <laughs> <laughs> so that is my vote. Nice. Tim? Yeah, uh... It stands the test of time for exactly what you said. That there was just an article in Times paper, famous newspaper that's out now, uh, that was talking about remodeling that idea of theater has to be performed and created by monsters <laughs> to be great. That is an issue that many, many theaters all over the country deal with: is guruism and mm-hmm. um, the way people are treated. We're obviously lovely here. We're very, very good people. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, and there's... Just because you just like Ron Howard today. So. <laughs> I'm Kevin Feige. <laughs> right. Um, and there, there's so many examples that I don't even want to go into because they're all horrible. But yes, it really much is an issue that has not gone away and is very vivid and present today. And it's really well produced and performed. Ethel Merman is a phenomena that is like, if you have any sort of bias against Ethel Merman, it's going to be here because he's 100% Ethel Merman here. <laughs> um, but I'm endeared by her. I will say all those things I agree with. I think it's just fine. <laughs> it's it's, Merman. it's, it's produced well it's a decent story it's good acting it stands the test time yeah I agree with all that I, do I find it riveting and oh that was really compelling and moving and inspiring and nah but the but strings was, of her heart yeah, that was too long <laughs> they were going zing see right yeah zing I wonder if there's an alternate version where there was 47 minutes of the mambo rascals <laughs> right as well <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think it was it was fine. It was good. It was okay. Are, is I, there I, any other way you can say fine? Yeah, fine. See, <laughs> fine. See, Shannon. I didn't think I was gonna get to vote. Yeah, you get to vote. I, I, I have shut to, up. I, <laughs> that's about it. I mean, it was good. I, you know, here's the thing. I had my mind changed by a couple of things that were said because I will tell you when I first heard it, I was like, oh, Ethel Merman. You know, and I love Ethel Merman, but I was like, why would you put her on the radio? <laughs> you know, because it's. But I was very taken with how true the business was. She was called Mature Talent, which is now my byline. <laughs> um, and it, it, it both implies like. You are of a certain age, and we look to you to be the adult in the room. We're going to need you to take care of this idiot. Yeah. I had my mind changed 
but I don't know if I would listen to it again. And I, <laughs> I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I think we're in a pretty good agreement on that one. <laughs> it's right. going to be a better car ride home than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, tell them stuff. Hey, please go visit ghoulishdelights.com, home of this podcast. You'll find other kinds of stuff there, other episodes, information about our shows. You can send us messages, leave comments on episodes, vote in polls. Uh, let us know what you thought of this episode. What do you think about Ethel Merman? Hot or not a so hot? <laughs> hot, sure. Um, and you can uh, get swag from... See, now people can actually see me struggle with this. <laughs> Makes it I'll, better. I'll clean it up in editing. Thank Don't you. worry. <laughs> and order swag from Link Threadless and uh, Patreon. <laughs> we should have a machine that adds adjectives and... <laughs> Verbs. You can also go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. I mean, if you're watching the live stream now, you're watching it from Patreon. So I should probably just say <laughs> thank stream. you. Thank, thank you, you very much. Yeah, and I'm just breaking it to Shannon now that it's I being live streamed. I'm not used to it. I'm but yeah, we have all sorts of great stuff on Patreon. Isn't that right? Patrons in the audience, you like look oh, yeah. <laughs> listen to that. That's <laughs> Tens of people agree. <laughs> Go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. Thank you. Somewhere the, all over the world, somewhere there's a guy at three in the morning in Australia just looking at us right now, Shannon. Nope. <laughs> hey, if you'd like to see us performing live, the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society does audio drama theater. Uh, we do live recreations of old-time radio and we also do a lot of our own original work live on the stage that includes the three of us and Miss Shannon Custer. Uh, we perform monthly somewhere. Again, <laughs> as I've always said, if this is 2060 and you found this podcast on the internet, we're probably not performing this month. We're probably not doing much of anything, really. <laughs> the internet makes me crazy, but... You know, uh, so look us up at ghoulishdelights.com and there you see where we're performing and what we're performing every month. And uh, if you can come see us in the Twin Cities area, we'd love to do some audio drama live on stage. If you can't, you can get a ticket uh, and watch us live online. And you don't even have to watch it then. You can watch it later. You can watch it at your leisure. So uh, you have no excuse. Please buy a ticket to come see us. The people in the audience could be at home enjoying this. Crazy. (laughs) Correct. I seriously do not understand why you would <laughs> leave why would you leave your chairs uh what's coming up next up next is a choice of mine from crime classics an episode entitled if a body need a body just call burke and hair until then Look out! aaron are we uh live streaming <laughs> so people can see this right now this is terrifying how do i look <laughs> Is it professional now? Yep. <laughs> Audio good, sir? Yep. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is every audition that I've ever Everybody had. Everybody stand by. Here we go.